Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Jeremiah 18, 1 through 11. Then I'll be reading Luke 14, 25 to 33. Beginning with Jeremiah. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but if that nation I warn repents of its evils, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if a if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. to t So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. And then from Luke. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And if anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and establish the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we look at Jeremiah, God spoke to Jeremiah and he told him to go down to the potter's house and to watch a potter. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a potter personally working. I've seen on television where they show it. But we have to remember, this was many, many years ago. And what I read and studied, it said that they had 
two stones and they had them on a stick that was planted into the ground. And the potter would sit at a chair or a stool and the lower stone would be at his feet and he would take his feet and turn the stone. And by turning the bottom stone with his feet, his hands were free that on the top stone, he could form the clay. And by forming that clay, he would make a jar or a vessel. And he was, as he's making this jar or this vessel, Jeremiah says that it, it appeared to him that God was saying that God is the potter and we are the clay. Now I know in Jeremiah's time, he was talking to Israel, but I believe he's talking to every one of us. And he's telling us that, that God is the potter and we are the clay. And as Jeremiah watches this potter, as he's shaping, shaping this vessel or this jar, whatever you want to call it, he says there's something marred in it. There may be a piece of material in it. There may be something in it that's just not right. And so he takes this clay and he packs it back together. And he adds the water that they have to add to it. And he reshapes it and he starts over. And he starts to make a new jar, a new vessel. And as he's forming this and shaping it, and Jeremiah's watching it, Jeremiah's thinking about how God shapes Israel. And how God today shapes every one of us if we think about it. If we allow God to shape us, we will become a better person. But like Jeremiah said, that God has a plan for each one of us. God had a plan for Israel. And Israel was following other gods. They were worshiping idols. They were, even though they were still acknowledging God, they didn't totally give up God, but yet they were still doing the idols, the veils, and all the other things that they were doing. And God told Jeremiah to tell them that if they didn't change their ways, there was destruction coming to them. And if we think about it, most all of us know that if we don't change our ways in our lives, we will have destruction in our lives. Because God said that, that we can change the outcome. So imagine, imagine that we think about this. God said to the people that was, was doing evil things, change their ways and good things will come your way. And those that was doing good things, if they change their way and then the evil things, destruction would come to them. So it's something that we all need to be thinking about. Think about as we think about this potter shaping a vessel. We are that clay. And if that clay has is, is got a problem with it, if it's marred or something's wrong, there's some bad material in it or whatever, then that material needs to be removed. That material needs to be changed. It might need to be reshaped. And that's what happens in our lives. Sometimes we need to be reshaped. I believe that God is speaking to every one of us. I believe he's calling every one of us to do something for him, to be his children, to be part of this big family, but we're still called to do something. When I say that, I think back about when God called me to the ministry, which was very many years ago, I have to confess. But I felt like I was like that clay that was marred. I had problems. And when God said, I'm calling you to be a pastor, and believe me, I felt like I was to be a pastor, 
And I'm like, no, Lord, I can't speak in front of people. I'm scared to death to be in front of more than two or three people to have a conversation. And I'll be honest with you. When I was in school, was young, I probably only spoke to three people. When I was called in class to give an answer, it might be something and nobody heard because I was afraid to speak. I know you can't believe that today because I have a big mouth, right? <laughs> but God calls us and God equips us. And that's the part that we have to think about. God equips us when he calls us. Now, I know he's not calling everybody to the ministry. I believe God's calling a lot of people to the ministry. And we need to have ministers today more than ever. We need ministers. But I don't believe everyone is called for that. I believe everyone is called to do something for God. That might be just to be the person that's the prayer warrior. It might be the person that takes care of something in the church. Or the person that talks to your neighbor. Or talks to someone in your family. And tells them about God. So we're all called to do something. So think about that. And I'll tell you that when I felt called to God, I, I always use the comparison that I was like Moses. We always say that Moses ran from God. I hate to say, I believe Moses got a bad rap. Moses was basically running from Pharaoh, who he was afraid was going to kill him. And then 40 years later, Moses went back to his people and helped save his people as he brought them out of Egypt. I was over 40 years that I felt like God was talking to me and that God was calling me. Can I use you as an example this morning, John? And I felt like every day God was saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Listen to me. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. I'm busy. I've got something else to do. I wanted to drive a truck. I wanted to see the country. I wanted to make that almighty dollar, right? We all get so wrapped up in our lives that we want to make that dollar. We want to get all the good things in life. We want to have a nice house, a better car, everything, that all the toys, as we say. We used to have a joke in trucking. The one with the most toys won. But we all know here that that's wrong, right? We know that it's about having God in our lives. And I'm not saying that God says we can't have everything or can't have anything, but we need to consider God first. So God spoke to me every day. And I'll bet there's a few people here that if you was willing to admit it, you would say, I feel like God is calling me to something. You may not even know what. You may not even know. But sometimes we have to seek God and have that conversation with God. And someone might say, we talk to God. Yes, I believe we can talk to God every day. If we read his book, if we read it, we will find times that something's going to jump out at us and say, wow, that's talking to me. Or you might have a friend speak to you and say, you know, I think there's something that you could do. And it might be that God is using that person to speak to you. God was using Jeremiah when he was talking to the Israelites. And he was telling Jeremiah, go out there and tell those Israelites that if they don't change their lives, there's destruction coming. He said, there's a disaster brewing. It's on the way. But God also said that, that if we repent, if we change our ways, he will change his mind. 
Sometimes we think about that, right? Will God change his mind? Can we change God's mind? Yes, I believe we can. If we are serious, if we are prayerful, if we definitely go to God and say, God, I am sorry, I made a mistake. And I know that I had to say that for 40 years. God, I know you're talking to me. I know that I need to be doing what you're calling me to do, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like it speak in front of people. Probably still don't do very well at it, but I'm trying to do what God's called me to do. But I think that's our problem because we think what we can't do instead of what God can do. What God can do. It's not about what we can do. It's not about what I can do or what any one of you can do. But it's about what God can do with us if we allow him to. Jeremiah went to the people. Jeremiah was young when he started. If you think about it, he was a young, probably a teenager, when God called him to be a prophet, to go tell the people what they were doing wrong and to try to get the people to change their ways. Can you imagine as a young person speaking to to generations probably before him. And most of us know that the old people know all the right ways and the young people know nothing, right? <laughs> That's what we think, right? So I can't imagine as a young person trying to speak to the elders and speak to the older people and telling them, this is what God says. But Jeremiah was called to do that. And Jeremiah, when he went and he watched this potter, shaping this vessel. And that's when Jeremiah realized that that potter was like God. It was like God that was shaping and molding the clay. And he said when the clay had a, it was marred, if you use the word marred, when it had something wrong with it, and they had to either reshape it, remake it, or sometimes they had to throw it out. He even talked about going down by the uh, pot's head gate or something he said about. And when I researched it, it was like, a, it was like the, the dump yard for all the clay pots. If they're damaged, if they have a problem with them, especially after they're baked, there's nothing you can do. If they leak, there's a problem, it went to the junkyard, shall we say. It went to the garbage dump. And they had a special place for that. And I'm assuming that when, when God told him to go to the potter's house, that he was in an area where they had the clay that they used for making the pottery. He was in a spot where apparently there was multiple people that that was their profession because that's where the clay was. And I can't imagine how he chose one particular person to watch. But he watched someone. And by doing that, he realized that God was telling him that God is the one in control. God is the one that's shaping our lives. Every one of us. And sometimes we're marred. Sometimes we try not to be shaped or formed the way God wants us to be. But God will do with us what he pleases. And I believe God is calling every one of us every one of us to do something for him. And by doing that, we need to be shaped. We need to allow God to put his hands upon us 
and to, and to fix those spots that's got problems and change those things in our lives that, that we need to change. I know we all think I'm perfect. I don't have any problems. <laughs> I'm talking to the choir here now. Nobody, is, nobody has a problem. Nobody does anything wrong. Trust me, we all do. I make mistakes every day. And every day we have to take that time to go to God and say, God, I messed up today. I'm sorry. Sometimes we have to be reminded that God is there listening to us every day. You know, as I said, when we leave this building, God doesn't stay here. He's not in the box, the building. But God goes with each one of us everywhere we go. He hears everything we say. He sees everything we do. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that, don't we? We need to be reminded of that. Someone was talking this morning about being on Facebook. It amazes me some of the stuff that I see on Facebook. People that, that go to church, claim to be Christians, and yet they're showing that they was at the bar. Or they was doing this and that that we know isn't the right thing to do. Facebook has some good things, but it also has some bad things. What's that? More bad. More bad than good, yes. More bad than good, I think. But that's where we need to think about what we're doing. We need to think about God seeing what we're posting. We need to think about God seeing everything that we are doing. And then we need to change our lives so that we follow the good. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah realized that God was saying, I am the potter, you are the clay. If we don't, he says, turn from your evil ways each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Every one of us have our day that we need to change. We need to reform. We need to do something. God is the creator of life and death. And God can change what happens in our lives. And I'm sorry to say, but we need to be reminded of who God really is on a regular basis. But I want you to think about what Jesus said to his disciples. I'm going to keep this short. We're running out of time. God told his disciples, he told the people that we are to hate, and I hate even seeing that word in there, that we are to hate our family, our friends, our brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. I don't believe that that's what God actually, how it was to come across I believe somewhere in the Hebrew translation, that's the word that came up. But I believe what God was trying to say is, we need to make sure that God is first. God is number one in our lives, and everyone else is below God. And if you know the commandments, you'll know that God wants us to love our parents, love our families, love everyone. And as children of God, I believe God teaches us to love everyone. I know myself, there was a time that I probably couldn't have said, I love everyone here, and I do, because God has taught me love. If we become children of God, we will learn to love each other and to love all those around us. A few people's going to be hard to love. I will warn you on that point. <laughs> we'll find that. There are people that are hard to love. But God wants us to love everyone. And the last verse I want to touch on it really quick. 
he says, uh, any of you who does not give up everything he has, he cannot be my disciple. I don't believe God wants us to give up everything in that terminology. He wants us to give up like our extra things. We are supposed to have our food and our clothing and our houses and those kind of things. What God is trying to say here is we don't need an overabundance of everything. We don't need to be chasing that almighty dollar, which I know we're all still guilty of doing that. I know I still am too. We all think that we need another dollar to, to do another something or buy another toy or do something. But God is trying to tell us that we need to learn that he is number one and everything else goes below that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we know you are a great and awesome God. And I pray that each one of us, each one of us knows you as our personal Savior. And I pray that we put you first in our lives. I know we all have busy lives. We all have so much going on around us. But Lord, you are number one. And I pray we never forget that. And I pray that we do learn to love one another the way you have loved us. We thank you. We thank you because you have blessed each one of us. We all have more than we need. And I pray that we can learn to be better stewards of what we have and that we can share better of the things that we have. So we thank you. Thank you because you are that great and awesome God. We give you praise in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs>